0: Hello, and welcome to an All Saints podcast. I'm Connie Willems, and with me is Brock Bingaman. And like the All Saints Training Center, this podcast is a conversation about all things theological, spiritual, and about leadership. So we're delighted to have you with us today. And Brock, delighted to have you with us.
1: Thank you. All right. Glad you're listening.
0: We have a conversation today about Scripture and the Bible. Yeah. You grew up in the church, right? I, yeah. Okay. Do you remember one of the first Bibles you ever had?
1: Oh, yeah. I can picture it right now.
0: What What was it like?
1: It was a kind of partridge family-looking illustrated <laughs> Bible. So it kind of had this strange minty green, and Jesus was on the front with the children. Yeah, so it was an illustrated Bible. Huh. I, I can picture it right now.
0: Wow. I had... The radical opposite of that. Uh, My dad got me a New American Standard Bible when it was a fairly recent translation. (laughs) So I can still picture the puffy reddish color, and I still have that Bible. It has my little notes on it in Mm -hmm. bad 12-year-old handwriting.
1: But of course you would have one of the (laughs) most precise translations, the New American Standard as your first. Some of us had the Partridge Family Bible with
0: (laughs) it wasn't even a
1: the living Bible or something. I think it was very loose.
0: Actually that just kind of speaks to my age, because at that point it was the New King James or it was the King James or something like the New American Standard or Good News for Modern Man. It's really all there was. So it was a little bit before the explosion.
1: Latin translation (laughs) right back in the Neolithic era. (laughs) So I'm already tuned out, though. I mean, we're going to talk about the Bible. How boring yeah. is that? I mean, it's already white noise. Who wants to hear people talk about the Bible?
0: To me, it sounds extremely familiar, which is interesting that we're the ones having the conversation, and we want to tune out, and it sounds too familiar to go on with. Right. So what I want us to do then is say, why are we even bothering with this?
1: I think this is one of the beautiful things we get to explore in All Saints is we want to look at it in a different light. We want to look at the Bible in a different light and have a conversation in a different key and maybe listen to some sources and reflect on some ideas and concepts that evangelicals may not be more accustomed to being around.
0: Now that sounds both interesting to me and a little bit...
1: Oh. Right, so we have white noise yeah. and suspicion now. Right. Okay,
0: <laughs> great
1: podcast. Great, okay, next point. Here we point. go.
0: Yeah. But I want to go outside this evangelical world, but I also look at it and go, oh, are we going to get weird? Yeah, well,
1: how do you define weird? You know, I, I think it's interesting and it's broad So if all we do is read our familiar voices and people, our evangelical go-to people, then when are we going to expand our mind? When are we going to expand our horizons? And if we're talking about God, we're talking scriptures reflecting on God, we better broaden our horizons. And there are lots of people throughout church history, people alive on the planet today on different continents reflecting on God from an Asian perspective, an African perspective. I wanna broaden my horizons. I want to glean from these different perspectives in a contemporary way and through church history.
0: Who would you like to introduce us today that talks about scripture in a way that might be outside these normal boundaries?
1: This is an Eastern Orthodox theologian who happens to be one of the leading voices from the Eastern Orthodox Church in dialoguing with Protestants, and evangelicals in particular. And his name is Metropolitan Callistus Ware. And so he's written a book called The Orthodox Way, which is talking about Eastern Orthodox, the Christian church of the Christian East. And so he's writing about his view of the Bible as it's rooted in the Orthodox tradition. It's interesting, though, as we read this, hearing how... Maybe familiar it sounds. So, all right, read. Callistus Ware says this on page one ten in the Orthodox way. As we read the Bible, we are all the time gathering information, wrestling with the sense of obscure sentences, comparing and analyzing. But this is secondary. The real purpose of Bible study is much more than this—to feed our love for Christ to kindle our hearts into prayer, and to provide us with guidance in our personal life. Then he says, the study of words should give place to an immediate
0: dialogue with
1: the living word himself.
0: It's almost like what I'm hearing in there is a progression of starting with rich study, but then it leads somewhere that's beyond that. Yes. Yes.
1: Two, as he says here, an immediate dialogue with the living word himself. So he's not disregarded He's a great scholar. He's at Oxford University. He's learned. He studied church history, the biblical languages. He would be all for exegesis of scripture, drawing out the meaning. He's rigorous. But there's a simplicity to what he's talking about here. What is the role of scripture? Why do we study the Bible? Why do we read it? And according to him here, it's to have an immediate dialogue with the living word himself. So we were talking earlier about Jesus even addressing this in the Gospel of John.
0: Yeah, he said, you are in error because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. Is that the one you're thinking of? Well,
1: I'm thinking of one. it's related to that. He basically says, you know the scriptures inside and out, but you don't know me and these scriptures that you know attest to me, they point to me. So you know the Torah, you know the law, you know all of these things, but it's like knowing the biography, but not the, the person that the biography is written about. Here I am standing here, I am, I am the living word, and you don't know me. You don't know my voice. You don't know the Father's voice, but you sure know the religious texts.
0: I don't know what it says about me that I listen to that and I I see the truth of it from Jesus and I also think, you know, if I had been there at that point in time, I would have been saying, I have no idea how to connect you, this human being standing in front of me with these texts that I know very well. And so there has to be something that comes into it that is from God that opens it up to me or I'm not going to get it.
1: That's right. So I think we're really looking at a dependence on God that comes through the prayerful reading of scripture. Are we opening the scriptures and then a bunch of commentaries and study tools and all of this so that we can gain wisdom and be smart and learn theology and learn about God and these things? Is that our, our main goal? Or, as Callistus Ware says here, is our goal to encounter God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, through Scripture. Scripture is a sacrament, not a study book or a textbook.
0: Okay, now you're going to have to stop there and explain what do you mean by a sacrament. sacrament.
1: So, Scripture itself is a medium, a conduit through which the presence of God comes to us, through which we encounter God. The point is not to read words and master them, but actually to encounter the one who gives us these words.
0: So that as I open this book, it's not just a book that I study. It's not just something that I look at going, this is going to show me how to live and give me a good application for my day and help build my character or something. But you're saying this, what I'm opening is a conduit Of the presence of God.
1: Exactly. Now, will we get application for life? Yes. Will you glean wisdom? Yes. Will your mind and heart be transformed and renewed? Yes. Will you learn the relationship between the Pauline letters? Yes. Will you see? All of that stuff happens, but the the ultimate goal is to encounter the living word. Who comes to us through the text.
0: It makes sense. When I'm kind of parsing the whole thing out, I'm saying, I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Therefore, this is the same Holy Spirit who inspired the authors who wrote the Word and who preserved it over the centuries for us. So, of course, when that conjunction comes together of the Holy Spirit who indwells me and the scripture that he inspired and wrote, there should be some kind of spark that happens.
1: Exactly. And again, I don't think we're talking about some strange esoteric mysticism. You know, every time I open the Bible I'm gonna have this epiphany and
0: the God appears. No, it's not that know. at all.
1: Actually, oftentimes it's boring and mundane and barren and routine. But God is mysteriously working inside of us when we open the book. This is another reason I like to have an actual Bible with me. We use apps. We have stuff on our phone, but I like to have a physical Bible. There's something about that, having it open. And as I open the book, I'm saying, God, I'm desperate today. I need to have you speak to me, to work in me. Even if I feel nothing, I need to meet with you now. I am a hungry man and I need bread. And if you don't feed me, so it's a different attitude and approach. I'm not saying, God, teach me and help me get my theology lined up. And te-. No, I'm, I'm saying, I need you now.
0: I'm wondering how often I approach Scripture with that approach, which I do sometimes. But I often approach because, oh, this is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's not that it's not a good thing to do. I think what I'm wrestling with is wondering Connie, what are you expecting when you open this book? Are you doing this because there's life in it, whether you sense it or not? Or are you doing it because this is part of your routine? And I guess it's better than not doing it, but I'd want to come in with the expectation that there's something that I'm opening up to.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think there is discipline and there is a sense of doing it because it's the right thing. And every time you open the Bible, the angels aren't necessarily singing, and you're having spiritual ecstasy, and you're. So there is a sense of rightness doing it, and but again, there's a slight adjustment in our thinking here. I, I have an opportunity to interact with the Creator of the universe, and and the text is actually working on me. I'm not working on the text and analyzing and and objectifying it. The... Actually, this is, I open the Bible and God is at work in me and on me, whether I perceive it or not.
0: So is that a case where we just say, okay, I'm going to trust that if I do this, over time, something will shift in me?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. This is a spiritual discipline, a spiritual exercise, and just like physical exercise or training, it's, it's difficult. It's challenging. I remember learning early on about praying the Bible and praying scripture. For several years, I drooled on my Bible. As a college student, I would get up early in the morning before class, before football practice, and open my Bible And find myself 15 minutes later later, just asleep. My face planted in my Bible, drooling
0: on it. So if I had your college Bible with me, I could see Uh, the pages. Watermarks all over the place. (laughs) And it's not tears. It's not tears.
1: (laughs) It's drool. That's where it starts, though. So just like if we want to get in shape, you don't break out and run 6 to 10 miles. You run around the block once. Maybe. So it is with Bible study. When
0: did it shift for you?
1: It shifted when... I was at a camp, a Bible camp. As a matter of fact, we were studying the Bible as teenagers, as geeky as that sounds, but I was hungry for God, and 17 or 18 years old, and a woman who was a grounds worker, a groundskeeper, gave me a book by this French mystic named Madame Guillaume, and she said, this is a great way to learn how to pray, and I think you should check it out. So in between things we were doing at camp, I started reading the way that this Madame Guillaume talked about praying the Bible. And so it opened up a whole new world for me on how to interact with God through the Bible.
0: It's fascinating that you went to this camp to learn how to study the Bible, and you had this whole other way of interacting with it opened up to you.
1: That's right. It was Precept Ministries in Chattanooga, so it's an amazing place that teaches young people how to study and know and learn the Bible. And so while I was there, I got this other other piece. And it changed my life. So that was 30 years ago. And Madame Guillon has this book called Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. And it's subtitled A Simple Method of Prayer. And so in it, she invites Christians to pray the scriptures and to learn to behold the presence of God through scripture.
0: We hadn't talked about doing this, but could you show us what that's like? Could we just open a passage? Sure. And you show us what you began doing as a result?
1: Sure. I think this is one that we were talking about earlier. It's actually a verse that I'm meditating on today, and it's in 2 Corinthians three, seventeen through 18. And interestingly enough, it's Paul talking about the relationship between the letter of the law and then the Spirit. And so it's this... He's basically saying the Spirit gives life. Not the study of the letter, but the encounter of the Spirit through the Scriptures and through the New Covenant. Which
0: is what we're saying about Scripture. It's not just encountering the words or the text or understanding it, but there is an aliveness of God in it that comes to us through it.
1: Through it. Now, do we need the letters and do we need the historical meaning and ap- all for sure. But if that's as far as we go in it, we're missing this piece of encountering God. So Paul says this in Second Corinthians 3 at 17 again, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. So it really is a quintessential passage or text on meditation and prayer and coming to the Lord through Scripture and letting the Spirit of the Lord transform us into the image of Jesus.
0: I'm going to read that again, and then... If you could pray it with us mm-hmm. the way you would, mm-hmm. help us turn it into a prayer.
1: Okay, let's do it. Read it.
0: Now the Lord is the spirit, and the Sp- now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit.
1: So I would read something like that. And as Madame Guillaume, this French mystic from the 18th century, talks about, you don't want to take a whole chapter or two chapters. Less is more. So you take a little small section of scripture and then you pray your way through it. So is there a time to look down in the footnotes? I've got the Oxford Study Bible and to learn and then cross-reference and re- yes, there's a place for that. But I would suggest that learning to pray through a passage is the starting place and the Lord will actually speak to you and show you light will be cast off of this and shine into your heart as you say, "Lord, teach me about this." So that's
0: and you have to see it in order to pray it. Exactly. When you're sinking into it in a way Of the kind of attention that you need to give it in order to even be able to pray it.
1: Yeah. I would invoke the Trinity. So I would say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I want to encounter you through these words. The letter alone kills, but the Spirit gives life. So I ask right now, Holy Spirit, you inspired Scripture, you breathed Scripture. Would you speak to me? And let me have an an encounter with you, whether I know it or not. Transform me. So we develop these kinds of uh, preliminary prayers. But that's it, essentially, is I want to encounter you. So I'm opening my body. I'm even looking up. I'm looking into my own heart, literally looking down and saying, you're above me, you're within me, and now I want to encounter you through the Word.
0: So what you're doing with your body, even as you open the book... And you have something open, and as you look up and as you look down, you're even engaging your body and saying, I'm bringing my entire self into this. Yes. I'm opening to this.
1: And when I first started practicing this, I had to stand. I would fall asleep. So the next chapter, drilling on the Bible, led to standing and reading it and literally holding it up and standing because it was harder to fall asleep.
0: When you're standing. 100%. So
1: I would say, for example, this morning when I was praying this, now the Lord is the Spirit, I would say, Holy Spirit, you are the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You are the Spirit of the Lord. You're the Spirit of the Lord Jesus. You bring the presence of Jesus. And I ask, Holy Spirit, you would do that right now. That you would let the Spirit of the Lord Jesus rise up within me. I, I want to encounter. Jesus, Christ himself. And there's freedom in this, Lord. I do not feel free this morning. I feel oppressed. I feel depressed. My mind is filled with lots of things other than than freedom. So would you please free me and transform me and change me? I'm desperate. And so we're just in a couple of lines here. One, One verse, and I'm turning it to prayer, and I may go back and do it again. I may not get any further than that right there, and I may do it for two minutes, but it changes the trajectory of my day. So it's, anyone can do this. Madame Guillaume says, anyone, a young child can learn to pray scripture.
0: This may sound so obvious, and yet I have found that it's not. That even just hearing examples of it helps somebody go, oh, that's... That's what people are talking about when they mean praying scripture. And literally, it's taking the words, now the Lord is the Spirit, and then taking that phrase and turning it to God himself. Yeah, that's right. Spirit, you are Lord. Mm-hmm. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then letting those words raise up a request or an idea or a thought or a response to God in you, and then just telling God. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Spirit, I need freedom. And it says that where you are, there is freedom and you are with me. So would you bring the freedom to me that's there in your presence?
1: And the key is to keep your eyes riveted on God. So we can, what we end up doing is moving into intercession for others or sharing the litany of things with God, you know, I'm not free, I'm actually oppressed by this, and my marriage is falling apart, and my kids are crazy, and my work is this and that, and that's really not the kind of prayer and contemplation and encounter of God. The key is to train yourself over time to keep coming back, lifting your eyes up, and looking within for the presence of God. So, this text here, you know, moving on, and all of us, Lord, all of us, all believers, I, I'm just astounded, all of us, with unveiled faces, see the glory of the Lord.
0: Hmm. All of us see your glory, Lord.
1: Without, without a veil.
0: Without a veil. You
1: remove this veil. You, so whatever it is that's blocking, or that, you, it's, it's removed. We can behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus, that comes to us through the... So do you see it's a different Mm. approach? And then this is praying the Scriptures. This is meditating on the Word. This is seeking God and encounter with God through the written text. Now, you certainly can pull out the commentaries, and that's studying the Bible, but as Callistus Ware said, what we're after ultimately is an encounter with the living Word himself.
0: And like you said, it doesn't guarantee that we're going to have one. But it's almost the idea of if you want to get wet, it sure helps if you go where you're likely to get wet. That's right. Get near the waterfall. Get near the waterfall, get in the shower, go somewhere where there's likely to be water. And you're much more likely to get wet. And so what you're doing is saying, if you want the encounter with God, open the scriptures in a way that makes it more likely.
1: I remember one day, I would actually even push up against that a little bit because I remember one day I was having just a terrible time of prayer. My mind was all over the place. I was depressed. It was awful. And I was just sensing the Lord telling me, just be still. Mm -hmm. You are with me and I am the Word. Yeah. So whether you hear anything or perceive anything, you are in the presence of the Word and I'm speaking. Yeah. I'm speaking into you. I'm at work in you, invisibly, secretly. You may never know or perceive anything. And I just, I'll never forget that. that was probably 25 years ago. So again, we're opening the scriptures, and God, in fact, is encountering us, whether we perceive it or not.
0: Walking into that place of encounter and standing there.
1: That's right. A field, a zone. And God wants it more than we do. God doesn't need it, but. What is it? Isaiah 30 says, The Lord longs to be gracious to us. Mm. So this isn't even on us. You know, oh, I've got to read my Bible and I've got. No, the Lord longs to be Mm. gracious to us. So if we'll open our Bibles and get under the waterfall, God is ready to work within us and to speak to us. And yes, to give us wisdom and teach us about the Bible and the content and application and these things, but to have a dialogue with the word himself.
0: It makes me want to have it. Can you show me the Callistus quote again? I want to read that okay. again.
1: And then there is uh, another one that he references by St. Ticon, who's a saint that you, if you could just read that along with it, okay. it's just kind of elaborating. So.
0: As we read the Bible, we are all the time gathering information, wrestling with the sense of obscure sentences, comparing and analyzing, but this is secondary. The real purpose of Bible study is much more than this, to feed our love for Christ, to kindle our hearts into prayer, and to provide us with guidance in our personal life. The study of words should give place to an immediate dialogue with the living word, And then we have St. Ticum.
1: Whenever you read the gospel, Christ himself is speaking to you. And while you read, you are praying and talking with him.
0: I think quite often God is far more eager to meet with us, to talk with us, to be with us, to surround us, to do life with us, than we allow him space to do. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced that often... I'm much less likely to give him space because I think he doesn't necessarily want it. Mm. And he's saying, if you give it to me, I'll take it. Mm. Just turn to me. Yeah. So
1: open the scriptures and turn to me.
0: Wow, well, that's rich. And we could go on and we will go on. Mm. But for today, we would ask you to go in the presence of God mm. and in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And open that space, even if you joined us in this passage and opened some space for God.
1: All right. And we are interested in hearing from you. And we are getting some correspondence with people. And so we would love to hear from you. You've been listening to an All Saints conversation with me, Brock, and
0: me, Connie.
1: Together we lead the All Saints Training Center, and our first twelve-week course, interestingly enough on biblical studies, begins August twentieth. And you can find all the information you need to enroll for classes at AllSaints.Center. We'll look forward to talking with you again next week.